Morning Bethel family, Nate Palmateer here. So glad to see you guys this morning. So glad to be able to worship alongside you. And today I'm going to be walking through Psalm 62. Uh, but first, if you don't know me, I'm the director of NextGen and I kind of oversee youth and the kids men and your secret. Oh, I snuck up here while Alan was away, but don't worry. It's your secret just between me and you, right? No, I'm just kidding. I've known about this for months and we've been really working on Psalm 62 and just walking through it in my own life. And I just can't wait to be able to present this to you this morning and see what God's word has to say for us today. So Psalms are this source of inspiration and spiritual strength. One commentator, Hayford said, in the course of dealing with adversities of life, people are often frustrated by not being able to express adequately while they really release us from mental anguish. And the Psalms, well, they really release us from that frustration. You know what, right now, as I'm writing this, I'm having a conversation with my wife, Stacy, who's an amazing wife, by the way, and an awesome mom, and just the greatest companion I could ever have. I just had to plug that in there. There's so much going on in our life right now. We have this farmhouse, this five bedroom farmhouse that we're renovating. I've completely gutted the second floor and we're making the third floor, this walk-in attic into like this master bedroom. And there's all these moving parts. We're adding two bathrooms uh, and friends have been coming alongside to help. And, but we're currently spending like late nights, early mornings, uh, constantly looking at the budget for when we're buying things just to make sure that we're staying within uh, our budget means, and all these financial obligations can really be crazy. And you might ask why? Well, because right now we're living on our main floor and we have three bunk beds in our living room, two triple bunks and a single bunk. And then me and my wife are off on our resort in the dining room where David is also sleeping. Now, one of our family members was also put in prison recently and, okay, so all of this to say, there's lots going on, and I had one of those moments again. And if you know me well enough, then you'll know I have these seemingly often. But I was on the phone with Stace, and I was like, you know what? I quit. I just quit. I can't do this anymore. I, you know, forget about the house. Just, let's just... We'll leave it the way it is and we'll move in and we'll... And she just stopped there for a second and she said, Nate, why don't you go take like 30 minutes, step out of your office and go pray. Go seek the Lord. God hasn't brought us this far to just abandon us. You need some God time right now. And so as most husbands that listen to their wives do, when their wives speak truth into their life, I did just that. And I came back to Psalm 62 and was reminded again of the God that I serve. You know, there's so many people that have spoken into my life and given me counsel, and I truly appreciate them. And you know who you are, and I love you, and our family loves you so much. 
They say things like, God hasn't brought you this far for you to live in a trailer. Or God hasn't brought you this far for you to give up now. But it can feel like that sometimes if we're really honest, we have no idea what to do. When we look at our lives or even the life of David here, there is one key thing that is mentioned that my wife mentioned. In the face of adversity, where do we go? We wait upon the Lord. We seek him. We trust him. Okay, that's it. Sermon done. No. (laughs) But seriously, there are times when we hit stressful times or whatever multitude of wreckage is in our lives and we just don't go to God. We do other things. We put our trust and comfort in other things that we feel will bring us comfort. And why? Well, because we're terrible at waiting. We're impatient and we feel the need to trust in other things that give us immediate answers. Whether those answers are good or whether they're bad. Today's Psalm 62 is one of the Psalms that really shows us where we ought to go in the face of adversity, in the time of waiting, when we're impatient. But before we start, let's pray. God, you are our rock. You are our safe refuge. God, you alone are our salvation. As we venture through your word, please guide us and reveal to each of us where and when we need to come to you in the face of impatience. Help us, Lord, to see past the temporal satisfaction and seek you in everything at all times. Thank you, Lord, for caring for us, for providing for us, and providing your word today for us to walk through. Thank you, Jesus. We lift this all up to you. So if you have your Bibles handy, then I would advise you to swing over to Psalm 62. Now that's right in the middle of your Bible, And it's kind of almost right in the middle of Psalms, or at least two-thirds of the way there. So Psalm 62 says, Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Truly He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. How long will you assault me? Would you all throw me down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They take delights in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. Yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him. For God is our refuge. Surely the lowborn are but a breath, the highborn are but a lie. If weighted on a balance, they are nothing. Together, they are only a breath. Do not trust in extortion or put vain hope in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard. Power belongs to you, God. And with you, Lord, is unfailing love. And you reward everyone 
according to what they have done. I want to give you guys a quick background on this. The psalmist has been writing in a time where uh, it was Absalom's rebellion. And the psalmist would have been under great distress. David would have been under great distress right now, being in the desert, being chased by Absalom. But in the face of that, the psalmist is actually writing a confidence psalm. And we're going to see that. A confidence in the Lord psalm. We're going to see that today. And we ought to wait on the Lord and rest in the Lord instead of things or people or the world. So my first point for today is God is where we start. Verse 1 and 2 says, Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Truly He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. Right from the start, the psalmist is reflecting who God is. When you're reading through a passage, take note where it starts. What are those opening verses? In the psalm, this starts with God. In the CEV, it says, only God can save me, and I am calmly waiting for him. And in the ESV, it says, for God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. Note that each time the passage starts, it starts with God, only God, for God alone. Truly, my soul finds rest in God. This is really where we ought to start and from where we will see the outflowing of who God is. Our first consumption, our first focus should always be God alone. And right now, as you think about your life, as I think about my life in this moment, is this my posture? Is this your posture? So when you get in an argument with someone, when you've lied to some, someone about something, when you're in distress in any way, shape, or form, work issues, home issues, relationship issues, do you reflect on who God is? Do I reflect on who God is and then rest in that? Or do you just make a quick snap decision and try to rectify the issue? You see, usually when there's some sort of distress, we go to things that might not be all that helpful. We try to do things on our own without the help of others. And what the psalmist is saying, that we just need to wait. We need to wait. We need to be patient. We need to rest in God. Psalm 41 says, be still and know that I am God. It's the exact same sentiment here. Find your rest in God. The verse says, truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. Are you like me and you just kind of pull up your bootstraps and get her done? Just get out of my way. I can do this. Until you can't. Are you like amazing with words and you could talk yourself out of any situation? Are you awesome at distracting yourself and just doing that instead of dealing with the situation? Maybe you just need to rest. Maybe you just need to wait. Stop being impatient and going to the ways that you go to 
that you always go to. Out of that rest and waiting comes this beautiful thing. You begin to see who God really is. The psalmist says, he alone is my rock. He is my salvation. He is my fortress. I shall not be shaken. They don't call this a confidence psalm by accident. These are big statements. He alone. I shall not. These aren't like, ah, maybe I won't. Uh, Possibly God can. When you reflect on who God is and wait, you have the opportunity to see who Jesus really is in your life. He alone is my rock. Not your wordsmithing. Not how hard a worker you are or how hard a worker I am. Not how amazing I am at mediating arguments. Not the incredible businessman or businesswoman that you are. No, those are not your rock. Those are our go-to. But he alone is your rock. You see, loved one, it's through the resting. It's through that waiting that we'll see who God truly is. And when you are only in God's word once a week, maybe once a month, maybe once a year, when you only pray at dinner time, when you're not resting and waiting in him, then to be quite frank, God isn't going to be our rock. Why would he be? We're not spending any time with him. He's not our go-to. This has to change in each of us. I have so much room to grow here. As you know from the story I told you at the beginning, that's a, that's a real-life experience of me and my wife's conversation. Our consumption and our focus should be unequivocally placed on Jesus, not the things of the world. God is where we start. Okay, our second point. We trust in the things that will destroy us. Verse three and four. How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They take delight in lies with their mouths, they bless, but in their hearts, they curse. You see, we often think that stability depends on what we know the things we're told from the world around us, and the things that we think we have control over. We can calculate through probability and mathematical equations for outcomes or what we figured out the outcome will be. And we can rest in that, allowing that to calm us uh, temporarily. Loved ones, God is the stability we need, not the world. God is what we should be trusting in not the world. The world offers us stability, but provides us restlessness and anxiety. The world offers us gold, but provides us with lead, which is an inferior metal, and it's also poisonous. The world offers trust. People offer trust, but their words are like a vapor. We give our hearts to useless things, that only enslave us and destroy us. 
the psalmist hits this right on the head as he speaks about the people around him. We ought to see what do the people the psalmist speak offer. How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their heart they curse. This passage really speaks to the world in large, broad strokes. And it begins with really questioning, almost in a rhetorical manner, as if the psalmist already knows the answer. The world offers a constant assault. How long will they assault me? When one is weak, it will destroy, trample, and make sure you or I are thrown down. The world has no bounds. And the world doesn't just want to do this in a place of indifference. It actually delights in suffering. They take delight in lies. And the last part of verse 4 speaks to their hypocritical speech. On one hand, they bless, but actually in their hearts, they're just waiting for your destruction and they curse you. This whole contrast from verse 1 and 2 is quite noticeable. God is our salvation. God is our rock. He wants nothing but good for us when we rest in him. The world waits to topple you, lies to you, and even enjoys it. Tells you one thing, but does something else. Full well, knowing they're lying to you. God is speaking to us. God is speaking to me right now, in this moment. And he's saying that this is what the world's going to give you. And this is what I'm going to give you. This is what I want for you. Your salvation comes from me. I am your rock. I am your fortress. You will not be shaken. And even in this, even when we hear this and we get it, but when it comes to our lives, we struggle with this. We struggle to believe this, even as followers of Jesus. Will we ever get this right? You know what? Maybe not 100% on this side of heaven. But noticing when we go there, noticing when we don't trust, we have individuals in our lives, we have people like my wife that can point out, just rest in God. Pray and seek him. It's going to be quite helpful. When we don't want to rest in the Lord, when we don't want to wait upon the Lord, we are no longer patient, and we end up seeking the world to help our problems, our distress. Let's not do that. Let's just, like, not go in that direction. Let's all of us try to follow what the psalmist does and the reaction to what the world offers. So God is where we start. And if we'll trust, and if we trust in the world, it'll destroy us. Our third point for today. God is the one that will satisfy. Yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from him. Verse 5. 
Verse six, truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. We all desire to trust in something. And the psalmist right now is telling us, trust in God, you people. (laughs) This is the psalmist really imploring with the people. He's pleading, pleading with you and I. Listen up. This is the psalmist imploring, pleading, and imploring, and pleading. Listen. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. The CEV says, Trust God, my friends, and always tell him each of your concerns. God is our place of safety. Have you ever heard the song, My Desire? It's a song by a band called By the Tree. And it goes like this. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to sing it. You are my desire. No one else will do. Only you can satisfy. No one, Lord, but you. Surround me, this is what I pray, that your presence will guide me through each day. By your mercy, Lord, in me, have your way. You see, loved ones, when we rest in the Lord and when we wait on him, then see who he is, we also see how much he loves us. And when we truly see the contrast, the world that is being revealed here in Psalm 62, we shouldn't be surprised when the psalmist calls us out. Trust in the Lord, you people. The cry of our heart should be, you are my desire. No one else will do. Only you can satisfy. This reveals a deeper relationship than what we may have right now with God or may have had for a very long time. The type of relationship the psalmist is calling us to is not people show up one Sunday a month. Please, people, trust in all those other things, but at least put God in there somewhere. People, please call to God when you have really hard times. People, and you fill in the blank. This is a deep relationship the psalmist is calling us out to and a continual relationship. He doesn't say trust in us at at some point in time. Trust in him at all times. This means no matter what situation, no matter where you are in your life, put your trust in God. Because God is the opposite of all the world is ready to offer you. They're waiting for your destruction. They're waiting for you to be toppled. God is the only one that's actually rooting for you. The only one that wants you to come to him. So can we just take a few seconds here and think? What is it that you trust in 
that's not God? What is that we keep going to? What's, it, what's that thing that we just keep going to? Think of one word. So let's lift up to the Lord and declare we want you instead of fill in the blank. And I'm going to be kind of bold here right now. I'm going to ask a couple people to shout out that word that came to mind to them. And even online, just shout out that word that came to mind. But wait, wait. I'm going to start us off. Although I feel like I have many I could go to, this actually isn't one word. It's actually a couple. But this is my go-to. My ability. My own ability. What's that word for you? If you don't want to shout it out, just like, Shout it out silently. Shout it out in your heart. You know, some of these things are a quick go-to for us. Of course, we truly want to follow Jesus and trust in him. But our actions kind of say something else. What we surround ourselves may be telling of what we actually trust in. What am I actually trusting in when I say my own ability? Well, I'm... I'm trusting in my own ability and I'm not going to God. And that could be the circumstance I I found myself in. Everything collapsing in on me, right? I quit. I can't do this anymore. I just can't. Well, yeah, you're right. You can't. You can't do it anymore. You need me, Nate. You need me. So how do we get there? How do we get to a point where we're always trusting in God? Now, we do live in a broken world, so no one else is perfect at this, but the psalmist is giving us a hint in the passage. I don't know if you can see that. In verse 8, it says, Trust in him at all times, you people. Okay, shocking, shocking verse. But after that, it says, Pour out your hearts to him. Now, when you're pouring out your heart to God, it's not this like superficial relationship. We ought to be pouring out our hearts to him and letting him know that we're hurting, that we're broken, that we messed up. We need to bring others in as well. And you know, this is really tough for many people because there's this tough part of us doesn't really want to be honest, truly honest, and share our lives with others. We don't want to admit that we're hurting. We don't want to admit that we messed up. We don't want to admit. Even though we might say one thing out of our mouths, we don't share about the lives at a risk of being hurt more. We'll start with God. Start there. Be open with him. Share that tough conversation you just had with a friend, a coworker, a family member. Loved ones, we need to go deeper than just surface. Or else even our trust in God 
is just going to be surface. And the result of that will be us trusting in other things that are not God and they're not going to do us any good. A friend recently put up on social media a contrast poem of sorts that really reveals where our hearts can actually be, but where they ought to be and are continually moving toward us as, towards as followers of Jesus. And it goes like this. It's called, I Desire. I prize control. He desires surrender. I prize having it all together. He prizes brokenness. I prize status. He prizes servanthood. I seek recognition. He seeks faithfulness. I move towards strength. He moves towards weakness. I value saving my life. He values losing it all for his sake and the gospel. When our life is a reflection of a close relationship with Jesus, we will see less and less of the I and more and more of the he. The lack of trust and lack of relationship will show through my life and yours. It will reveal what we really trust in. But when we spend our time and we wait upon the Lord, godly character will abound and trust will grow in Jesus. Now, can we really do any of this on our own? The answer is most definitely not. So God is where we start. We trust in things that will destroy us. And God is the only one that will satisfy. And our fourth point, God has the power to transform. The psalmist writes in verse 9 to 12. Surely the lowborn are but a breath, the highborn are but a lie. If weighted on a balance, they are nothing. Together they are only a breath. Do not trust in extortion or put vain hope in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard. Power belongs to you, God. And with you, Lord, is unfailing love. And you reward everyone according to what they've done. The entire psalm is the psalmist continually hammering away at whom we should trust and contrasting it against what people and the world have to offer and what God has to offer. When we weigh what the world has to offer, the psalms is weigh out on a balance, they are nothing. To what God has to offer, power belongs to you, God, and with you, Lord, unfailing love. You know, the scales just seem to be tipped in one direction. We all ought to sit here and need to reflect on what the psalm is saying. Let's look at what God has to offer. 
Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly he's my rock and my salvation. He's my fortress. I will never be shaken. Yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly he's my rock and my salvation. He's my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him. For God is our refuge. One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard. Power belongs to you, God, and with you, Lord, is unfailing love. And you reward everyone according to what they have done. And compare that with the world. How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down this leaning wall, this tottering fence from my lofty place? They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. Surely the lowborn are but a breath, the highborn are but a lie. If weighted on a balance, they are nothing. Together they are only a breath. Do not trust in extortion or put vain hope in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. We may be sitting here and thinking, you know, Nate, it's just too much for me. I just can't do it. I've always relied on myself for change and I've done a pretty decent job of it so far. Okay, that's completely fair. I'm also that guy. The one that's, the one that's like, if I need to change, I need to do it myself. And to some extent, yes, that is abs that's somewhat true. Like you also need to participate. But our God is saying, I have all the power. I have the ability to break into your life whatever's in your life that you're trying to change. Whatever it is, you're relying on more than him. When we have a close relationship with Jesus, with God, that is when real change happens. That's when those problems we talked about earlier are actually mended. That family member you never got along with. The rebellious child, the thing you said to your spouse and you shouldn't have. When we rest in God, when we have a closer relationship with him, he has the power to change us. We ought to put our trust in the king. We ought to put our trust in Jesus and what he's saying is good for us. Yeah, we're still broken humans. I'm still a broken human and I mess up. But when you put all your trust in Christ and have a close relationship with him, you can guarantee that year after year, after decade after decade, after several decades, that you or I will not be the same person. And that's not because of me. That's not because of you. That's because of Jesus. The key here is a close relationship, as the psalmist calls us to. Not being a pretender, just showing up to church and faking it until we make it, but actually having a rich life filled in Christ only one that has the power to change you isn't actually you. It's Jesus. The psalmist pens, power belongs to you, God. So we sit and we reflect and we look back over this psalm and what do we do? We think stability depends on things we know and are told from the world around us, but we can see it doesn't. We all need to be patient, rest in the Lord, wait upon the Lord. God is where we should start. 
We calculate through probability and mathematical equations to see what will keep us safe and see what we can trust in, in all of our circumstances. But we see those all fall short. And we see that we trust in things that can destroy us. The best place to go is the living God and rest in him. He's your fortress, your place of refuge. You will not be shaken. If you rely on those other things, you will be shaken. God is the only one that will satisfy. Allow Jesus to calm you. He is your salvation, the only one that can save you, the only one that is waiting in heaven for you and has prepared a room for you, has prepared a place at the table for you. All those worldly things only consume our mind and our heart and our everything. But God has the power to transform. Allow Jesus to consume your every thought. When you wake up, go to Jesus. When you're driving, go to Jesus. When you're filled with anxiety, go to Jesus. When you have nowhere else to turn and it feels like life just makes you want to quit, go to Jesus. We can give our hearts and our minds to the world or we can give our hearts and our minds to God. Today, take that step. Stop trusting in whatever that thing is that you're trusting in and trust in the one and only King Jesus. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this, this day. Thank you for this time for us to methodically walk through your word. Lord, as we see just the, the words coming off the page and seeing what the world has to offer and what you have to offer. Lord, help us to not be inclined to what the world has to offer. Help us to go to you. Help us to start where you are, Lord. Lord, forgive us of those times that we go to other things. We love you, Lord. Just thank you so much. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.